Hey, Jen, um, have you heard of the seven-year itch? Uh, yeah, but Loretta and I are doing just fine. I yeah. mean, this is a little weird. Why are you talking about this yeah, here? Yeah, sorry, sorry about the confusion. I mean the ministerial seven-year itch. You know, the statistic that most of our colleagues serve a church for seven years and then they move on. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard about that. But yeah. hey, wait a minute. How long have you been here now? I guess it's... Not, almost nine years. Really? Yeah. How long? How long have you been here? I've almost six years now. Are you, are you getting? Are you a little? Are you itchy? <laughs> I don't feel itchy. Are I'm you? Not, I'm not feeling very itchy either. This is, which is a little bit unusual. Which is a little. Yeah. <laughs> Neither one of us. <laughs> Neither one of us are feeling itchy at all. Which is a little bit unusual. Many of our colleagues. Uh, seven years is what, what they end up serving in a congregation. They do the ministry they can do. They get creative. They do it. They run out of steam. And they either really reinvent their ministry or they move on to another opportunity, another congregation to serve. It's true. And, you know, just to be clear, neither of us is going anywhere. Ruth and Elaine, no plans to go yeah. anywhere. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so in order to do that, we have to reinvent and reimagine our ministry. And in doing that, we've been really taking seriously this one particular quote. It comes from the author and activist, the self-proclaimed facilitator of black liberation, Adrienne Marie Brown. And what she says is, how we are on the small scale is how we are on the large scale. How we are on the small scale is how we are on the large scale. So what this means is how we are in our most intimate relationships how we are with the actions that we take, how we are with the ways we listen to one another and when we choose to speak and what we say, what we do with the money that we have or don't have, the time that we take to really notice one another in this world and to bring about the healing that we hope for. All of these things we do on the small scale will create the patterns that will be how we are on the large scale. Patterns that can bring us closer or farther from the dreams that we have. That's right, that's right. As leaders in a church that holds a bold vision, a dream of a deep and inclusive welcome and embrace, a love that is big enough to draw everyone into the circle, and as leaders of a faith that trust that each and every one of us, each and every one of us is whole and holy and worthy of love. As leaders of this church, we can't just say those things, those aspirations, and hope that somehow they'll happen. We have to live them on the small scale. We have to live them in our decisions and everyday interactions and encounters with one another if we're ever going to help create the world that we dream about at the large scale. That's right. So we've been asking ourselves a lot, what is it that we need to do on the small scale? What do we need to do in our relationships? What do we need to do right here in this church, right here to create the world that we're dreaming about? These questions have been guiding us over the years. They've led us to examine the ways that white supremacy culture is alive in this institution and committing to new practices to dismantle it. These questions have helped us to stay committed to paying a living wage to all our employees, to keeping our programming free of charge for everyone. And we've really been investing our time in relationships. We've asked ourselves, how can we change? How can the two of us change our relationship and the leadership structure of this church so that it models on the small scale what we hope to create on the large scale? We've been pushing ourselves, really pushing each other to live into the truths that we both acknowledge, that we're better and stronger together than we ever could be on our own, remembering that power shared is much more in alignment with our values, much more effective than power over ever can be. 
We've been doing this work. We've been investing in relationships as a church community whenever we invite one another into a circle, as we partner with organizations in our community to do our faithful action work, and as we move into co-ministry together. Co-ministry for us is one of the ways that we are moving into greater alignment with our values. We've been working with a ministerial coach for over a year. We've been practicing what it means to be co-senior ministers together. And this new model of leadership is absolutely lighting us up. It's calling out the best in both of us. Yeah, it really is. And I have to tell you, church, I have loved serving as your solo senior minister for nine years. But the idea of partnering and collaborating and working deeply with Jen in a co-ministry model and continuing to work with Elaine and with Ruth and the rest of the staff, that lights me up. There's nowhere else I'd rather be and no one else I'd rather be doing ministry with. There is... There's no, there's, there's no itchiness. There's no itchiness here at all. (laughs) You know, I agree. No itchiness for me either. And I also know, I know the foundation of any authentic, real relationship is trust. Mm. And I've always had reason to trust you, plenty of reasons, but something really deepened and shifted just about two years ago after my family and I had our house fire. I mean, I remember very clearly texting you the morning after the fire and saying, hey, you know, uh, our house was struck by lightning and uh, it's pretty much wrecked and everything's in its wreck, but we're good. We don't need anything. And um, I might need a day or two off, but I think I am fine. And you just kept asking what we needed, asking what we could do. And I just kept saying, we're good. We're totally good. I don't need anything. And um, and then it was the morning after the fire, and I, I just remember you driving up after I'd said, nope, don't bother, I'm good. And you drew up, drove up, and you got out in your church clothes, you know, dress pants and a nice shirt, and there I am still in the clothes from the night before, you know, just a little wrecked. And, um, and I kept saying, like, nope, don't go in the house. Like, if you go in in those nice clothes, you're never going to be able to wear them again. Like, it's smelly, it's wet, it's disgusting. And you just kept kind of saying, Jen, what do you need? Let's go. And walked in with me right up into the heart of it, right where the fire had been up in the upstairs and helped us dig around and find what we needed to find. I mean, I remember in particular that we were looking for this file cabinet that had our birth certificates and our passports in it, and we just wanted to know what could be accounted for. And there you were digging through the wet insulation and the pieces of ceiling and all that junk that had fallen on it until you could find that file cabinet and carrying it out in your nice clothes, just covered in stuff and uh, (laughs) putting it out on the front lawn where we could start drying things out in the sun. I mean, and you just kept going back with me in that house again and again for hours, you know, and then it was day after day you kept doing that with me. And... uh, I don't know how it is for you all, but I really never had a dream of having my boss show up to my house on a day when I hadn't changed my clothes and like I hadn't cleaned the bathroom and wasn't what I'd really hoped to happen, but it was really good. And it taught me that you are who you say you are, that I can trust you deeply. I'm glad to be here with you. Yeah. Yeah. Those were intense days, and uh, we were in it together. We were in it together. And I remember uh, how vulnerable I felt a couple of years ago in 2015 when we were in the middle of some staff transitions and turnovers and things didn't feel very stable at all, and our director of finance and administration had just left the church. And we sort of hit this almost a breaking point where we kind of got together and we said, let's put everything 
on the table. Like, let's reimagine our portfolios, who does what, how this works. And we came up with this executive minister title for you in this role. So you were going to start supervising some of the staff I'd been supervising and working with the budget and creating the budget. And um, I remember feeling this deep sense of, like, failure. Like, I hadn't been able to do this, and now you were kind of moving into this territory that had been mine. But what I quickly realized, I think what we realized together is we have different strengths. And you were great at some of those things. And it freed me up to do fundraising and justice work and the things I have a passion for. And it turns out I love talking about money and raising money for a vision. I'm not so much into managing a budget and the, and the, and the details of that. So it was, a beautiful, it was a beautiful playing to our strengths. And what I know from that experience is you are trustworthy and I trust you and I trust what we're doing together. Me too. Me too. And I know that for all of us, when we trust people in our lives, when we have trustworthy relationships, we're able to listen deeply to where love is calling us next, and we're able to take risks in service of our dreams. It's been amazing to see our church leadership and all of you doing this incredible spiritual work. I see it happening on our board, in our small groups, in the operating budget that's going to come before you in a few moments at our annual meeting in the moves that we're making every year, but in particular in this next year coming up, into living into our visionary goal of being a multicultural, multiracial, multigenerational community of faith where our sense of who we are is ever expanding. These are the dreams we are living into, and with the new operating budget that you'll see at the annual meeting, you'll see that we're hoping to hire a part-time adjunct minister of color, the Reverend Karen Hutt, to come join us next year. We're excited to be living into our dreams together. This is the shared life of faith, this practice of listening to where love is calling us next and then moving boldly in that direction with courage and some humility. It's work that we're all tasked with, new members, longtime members, guests, visitors, our board, even us, this listening to where love is calling us. The risks we take will help us to become the people we long to be on the small scale building the beloved community we long for on the large scale. That's right. We are a faith community that believes that all are born whole and holy and worthy. We're a faith community that is committed to building the beloved community right here on earth. This is our shared work together. This is the work of the church. We're so glad to be in this together with you. Amen. Amen. <laughs>